Hello everyone, welcome back to Morgan Hasn't Seen. We are back in holiday season in the world of families at Christmas. However, this family is kind of nice, you know, this week. We're not dealing with the same kind of family from last week that kind of low-key hated each other. <laughs> and there was generational trauma there. And we don't we don't like that that we were dealing with in uh, in happiest season last week. Uh, it's kind of all been flipped on this week's episode with the movie we're talking about today, which has absolutely nothing to do with Sly and the Family Stone at all, even <laughs> though I think it does. And I think it should just be called that. And I think this movie should be filled with songs by... Sly in the Family Stone. Well, who is Sly? Who is Sly in this equation? I don't know. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the leader of the family. Who is the leader of the family in this movie? Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton, therefore, has to be Sly. Oh, my God. <laughs> Even though Sly Stone was a man and Diane Keaton is a woman. That's beside the point. Anyway, <laughs> on today's episode of Morgan Hasn't Seen, we're, we're, we're still, we're fully invested in holiday season now. It's really, really starting to dawn on me, Janine, that Christmas is, is painfully close. And not painfully close, I mean, it's enjoyable, isn't it? It's nice, we, we like it. But, you know, it's only like next week or hmm, less than two weeks away which is not terrifying because yeah. you know then it's just like oh dear another year and all that but let's not dwell on existence and exist let's not have a mini existential crisis at the start of the episode <laughs> that would be silly and let's talk about 2005's the family stone which is the movie we have today a, a good blend of rom-com and and the kind of melodrama you get in romantic christmas movies janine um it, it was put on this list of holiday season movies for december by you why um well you know i think you know i've mentioned this on other episodes of the show we did have some concerns on did we kind of tap the potential of Christmas movies that, you know, people want to hear us talk about because we kind of did a, a, a plethora of the heavy hitters in the past few years. So yes. what really was left that would be interesting to talk about? Um, and then I remembered this movie. Uh, I don't know. It, it, I always think of it in my head, similarly to last week's film, happiest season where it kind of ends up being a hate watch but then once I start watching it it is not really that at all and I see a lot of my family dynamic in the stone family okay um, so I, I do kind of enjoy those aspects of it um and unlike a film that I did kind of relate this movie to or films that I did relate this movie to things like Dan in real life and meet the parents. Uh, I feel like those characters in those films were um, kind of victims of circumstance. There was some effort there. Um, whereas I don't know, I, I, there was a curiosity of how you would feel about 
uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's character and her coming into this family. And if she was any in any way deserving of the treatment that she gets from the Stone family. Um, I, in terms of kind of how this family relates to my family, there have been situations where, you know, my mom will invite a work friend to come to family Christmas and, you know, okay. th they'll do something kind of weird or kind of annoying or <laughs> have us kind of looking a certain way and you know we'll all kind of have a, a a chat about it after the fact or when the person's not there um uh one of my family members was dating someone very um yeah it didn't really rub the family the right way so right. we did have a bit of our own Meredith situation um where you know we we tried to be as kind as we could be in the in the moment, but obviously, you know, behind closed doors, the conversation, uh, <laughs> you know, was a little <laughs> bit different. So I, I, I like this. <laughs> ultimately, it's kind of okay. We're, we're going to be nice, but but ultimately, uh, I really wish you weren't here. Yes, <laughs> you know. So so uh, in in that sense, I did kind of relate to the family, and I really love the dynamic of this family and how tight knit they are, and how open they are, and how loving they are. Um, uh, and you know how they kind of all understand each other. Um, and they all have kind of these different vibes, but they all work together. So, um, I ended up really remembering that I loved this family and that it kind of reminded me of my family, particularly at this time of year. Um, and then also just, uh, curious as to how you felt about the Meredith character being kind of our, our, um, our Greg Fokker or our Dan. Um, yeah. Cause in those films, I do feel like those characters, you know, are trying and people still kind of shit on them anyway. But in this movie, is, is Meredith really trying? Or yeah, is she it's, really it's... just kind of, is she rubbing you as, as wrong as she's rubbing the family? <laughs> yeah, it, it's a, it is an interesting movie to talk about in relation to those other movies that you've mentioned. I can't speak on, on is it da Dan in real life? Yeah, you say? I, I haven't seen yeah. that movie. Yeah. But I can certainly speak on Meet the Parents. I also find it very interesting that you see a lot of your own family in this movie. Um, I, I, I don't think I do, but that's probably because my family isn't quite as large as the, the family Stone are. There's not multiple siblings, you know, and yeah, all this yeah. kind of thing. We're, we're quite small. Really, but you're also quite British, unit. and you know, yeah, if stereotypes are if stereotypes are to be believed, British people don't really talk about their feelings in any kind of <laughs> real way well... to each other on, on any kind of uh, grand stage or scale or. Um, no, know. certainly, certainly not on a grand stage and scale. I would say, you know, we're not living in Victorian society where nobody <laughs> says a thing to each other. Yeah. But sitting at long know, I, I, tables where everyone's still far apart, or wear, wearing <laughs> dinner jackets and winged collared shirts and things yeah. like that. No, we're yeah. not doing that. In cravats. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, there is a there is a real warmth, I think, to uh, the Stone family in this movie. That Sarah Jessica Parker, yeah, as Meredith comes into as 
as Dermot Mulroney, or as we like to call him, Dylan McDermott Dylan McDermott Mulroney. Mulroney. Yeah. <laughs> um, as his kind of long time girlfriend, who he's kind of ready to settle down with properly um, at this point, which is, you know, doesn't go down well with the rest of the family because she immediately arrives and and just puts her own foot in her mouth. And not in the same way that someone like Greg Fokker, Ben Stiller in Meet the Parents does. Because in comparing it to that movie, Meet the Parents is is almost about um, a, a very open man going into a very closed family. Yeah. Um, and this is totally the opposite. The opposite this is a very yeah. closed woman going into a very, a very open, open family. family. Yeah. And Meet the Parents constantly makes you feel so sorry for Ben Stiller and has such secondhand embarrassment in that that it's so cringe-inducing and horrible of a movie to watch <laughs> yeah. because you just want the best for him. Yet every corner, De Niro is stood there having seen him do something slightly awkward <laughs> or slightly embarrassing, and he's just judging him relentlessly. Yeah. And this is... It's the total opposite, because everything that the family doesn't like about Sarah Jessica Parker is her own fault. <laughs> it, I think it is. Because she doesn't help herself in this movie in the slightest. This is the difference between something like Meet the Parents. There's nothing that Ben Stiller can do to stop the judgment he receives. Yeah. Because it's all just the most painful, circumstantial, um, unfortunate situation. This is Sarah Jessica Parker either babbling over her own words, being low-key racist. Shouting at the deaf brother without kind of really yeah. thinking it through that, you know, you, you realize you're yelling at a deaf person, right? Like, that's not how you speak make any him. difference. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when she's witnessed at this point them all doing sign language or making sure, you know, you know he reads lips, so talk to him so he can see your face. Yeah. He just needs to see your face. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that extra step of thought that she just doesn't take. And that's where the conflict of this movie lies. Yeah. That's where the, the interest of this movie lies. Because, yeah, you know, it's it's a holiday movie. She eventually ends up opening up a little bit more and becoming a little bit more you know free not free loving that's the wrong term i suppose but less congested less uptight yeah. she's a ridiculously uptight person she's even dressed in an uptight way with this ridiculously tight suit on and the hair, hair bun yeah. Like pulled back, like you, I could almost Super see her tight. skull. It was that tight. Yes. And she has like this nervous tick of like clearing her throat loudly and also kind of like pushing her hair and smoothing it back. Yeah. yeah. Everything about, I mean, it's a great 
performance of this sort of character from Sarah Jessica Parker. Because, you know, she's more than capable of playing completely the opposite to yeah. something like this as well. Um, to have just such a sense of tension that's just deep-rooted within herself. Yeah. And to be thrown into this family that are all jumping around, hugging each other, laughing with each other, kind of play fighting and speaking very openly with each other just shocks her to her core. I understand that. It's relatable to an extent on that front because the overwhelming nature of being thrust into a group of people who just don't match your vibe at all yeah, has happened to me. Yes. I'm sure it's and, happened to you. It's not a pleasant feeling. Yes, and there are family members who do try to to be kind to her, try to understand that it's a lot for her, try to rein in their judgmental, you know, actions and behaviors towards her. Um, so, I mean, there is effort there, but then we even see those family members who are trying hit a point where they just can't, you know, they have yeah. to say something as well. Um, so, yeah, I feel like she does kind of bring a lot of it on herself. And so that's the aspect of me always kind of going into this movie if I haven't seen it in a long time thinking that it's going to be a hate watch because I always I always get frustrated with the Meredith character but then you know I find myself not remembering if the family really was going too hard on her or if they were just kind of you know justified in in feeling the way they felt about her and treating her the way they did um i, I think in certain aspects they do go too hard and yes, i think it's just yeah. because they they are so you know w one way of of living and she yeah. is so the complete opposite opposite yeah there's judgment going that way as well you don't have to be an uptight stuffy person to judge the open people open people can judge the uptight stuffy person for being uptight and stuffy you know yeah. even though the open people generally are you know considered nicer quote unquote yeah sure but rachel mcadams is immediately going in on it yes and you know i i have found myself being a bit of an amy in in situations before <laughs> Um, so I mean, I think Amy was going a little too hard at times. Um, but other times I kind of was like, I, I would totally do that. Like, I would totally oh. say that. I would totally feel that way. Um, particularly when they do come and stay with the family and, you know, they're a very open family. So the mom's like, you're dating, you can share a room. But yeah. Meredith is adamant about not feeling comfortable sharing a room with him. And he's like, my mom literally put us in here. She doesn't care. Nobody cares. And she's like, well, I care. I don't want to share a room with you. I don't think it's appropriate to share a room in your parents' house and this whole big deal. So guess who has to give up their room? Amy. So Amy has to give up her room so that Meredith can, you know have this standard that she set for herself because no one is making her do this or anything like that so that just kind of sets up this frustration that amy has towards her um it does but you even you, you saw you saw more judgment from amy than from anybody else 
even before that well, first night. Well, yes, because Amy was actually the only person who had met her. She was home from school and she went to go visit him. Like she goes to college. So she was visiting him and uh, Meredith took her out to dinner and I guess, you know, she was talking the whole time and wouldn't let anybody speak. And she was doing her weird, <coughs> like a nervous, like tick of clearing her throat. And, you know, she took them to like this overpriced place. And so Amy had a lot to say about that when she heard that um, Everett uh, Dermot Mulroney was bringing her home so she already kind of had this opinion of meredith and now meredith is taking her room so it's just kind of building and building uh, yeah amy's building this case against meredith from the jump (laughs) it's really not a good first look yeah um because it just seems a bit silly to actually uh, you know in a in a relationship sense where you're meeting somebody's family for the first time surely you'd want to do exactly what the family wants you to do and not the complete opposite yes because wouldn't you be worried that you're offending them if you're kind of trying to go against i know i would yes so i mean and i know other households are like kind of the opposite like you shouldn't share a room this and yeah but this this (laughs) comes from from surely this comes from respect for your partner's family who you are staying with who have invited you there for christmas yeah do what they want don't do what you want don't be selfish i don't care if you feel a little yes. bit uncomfortable so, do I what mean, they want as an audience i think we're all kind of a bit frustrated with her for like making this big deal about sharing a room with him when the family is okay with it and so i kind of am right there with amy like you know, I'm sorry, am I putting anyone out? And Amy's like, yes, you're putting me out. (laughs) I totally was like feeling that because I would have been frustrated as well. But then like on that second turn, we see the other sister um, played by uh, Elizabeth Reeser, I think her name is. Yes, yeah. Um, Her daughter is playing around in Meredith's clothes. It's like, oh, can I try in your shoes? And then later, Meredith goes down to the kitchen and her high heel is broken because the daughter took it and was playing with it. And like, she's kind of frustrated about it, obviously. And the family, like, oh, um, do you need some glue? And then, like, they're kind of just being really dismissive of her when they took her property and, like, wrecked it. So, like, I think yeah, they it's kind a, it's of... it's a very strange... They bounce you back and forth in situations they where do. you kind of agree with the family being kind of annoyed by her stuck-upness. And then the next scene will be a thing that they do that kind of has you siding with Meredith. Like, it, they're it going a little certainly too far. Makes it, it certainly makes it more more interesting as a as a movie that obviously lives and dies and relies on its characters playing off each other on its melodrama ultimately on its conflict and and bickering because if you were from the get-go just immediately disliking of sarah jessica parker and then stayed that way throughout the movie none of what happens later on would would feel like it meant as much as it does yeah and it would none of it would feel as earned as it feels and 
you wouldn't, you know, you watching it wouldn't think it was justified as yeah. to happen. You wouldn't think it was reasonable for a character to take a turn like this and for the movie to all of a sudden decide that, oh, Sarah Jessica Park is now okay. But because we get that understanding back and forth of she'll do something that we think is a bit weird, then the family will actually do something that we think you're being too harsh and then yeah. it'll go back and it'll go back and it's like this weird tennis match. And that's what this movie is in relation to Sarah Jessica Parker. But there's all sorts of other things going on as well because we're dealing with such a big family unit. Yeah. I really like this ensemble as well, though. Yeah. I think it's a great ensemble cast, a, a really... A really, a really good chemistry. Yeah, a good with mix of, of, of characters for sure. Um, I see. I've seen something somewhere that that the director, the writer director, got all the the stones to spend like a month with each other prior to filming, anyway, or like a long time okay. with each other, mm -hmm. just to really develop a familiarity. Yeah, if they didn't know each other. Because, you know, that sort of stuff naturally comes into a performance and, and, and you feel a lot of naturalism, I think, from the people playing the family. Diane Keaton is our mother, Sybil. Craig T. Nelson is our father, Kelly. Yeah. Um, obviously, Dermot Mulroney, Rachel McAdams, Luke Wilson... Uh, Ty Giordano is our our death brother. Yeah. And Elizabeth Reese. Yeah. Who is has a child and is pregnant. And her husband is not the there. Movie. Yeah, and her husband won't be there until like Christmas Day. Yeah. Um it's they 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 do really feel like such a close knit unit. And Again, I don't think the conflict of the movie works as well as it does if they don't feel so in their own bubble. And they really yeah. do feel like they're in their own bubble. To the point where they're even judging Everett when he comes in for wearing a suit. Yeah, like, oh, they give him Everett a lot of gym smart for that. And with a tie on. Yeah. And, all and so then we stuff. and we and then we get the sense that this isn't typically him. That, you know, this is probably some of Meredith's influence. And even if it's yeah. not, they're quick to read it as that, as that she's kind of trying to change him in some type of way because she comes in very uptight and dressed in like a suit and kind of thing. So immediately, even if, you know, Meredith has nothing to do with how he's dressed, that is like a cue to the family to just automatically think that potentially she has something to do with this change in him. Uh, and, and they don't like that. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would like to bring up a scene where they all play charades. Yeah, charades, <laughs> however you want to pronounce that, which is a great game, and I like it. I, I enjoy playing charades um, at Christmas. It's usually stupid and lasts for about three seconds before somebody gets bored and starts doing. <laughs> silly things and or not playing properly and I don't like that. Yeah. However, I think 
the one of the most inappropriate things you could possibly do while playing charades is to have a um, have a clue that has has the word black in it, and then point to the one black man in the room. Yes. So Amy kind of sets up this game. She gives everyone's like pushing Meredith. She's like, oh, no, I don't want to. No, I don't want to. Come on. Come on. Everyone's, you know, kind of pushing her into it. So she decides to play. Amy picks for her. Um, She's giving the clues. Amy's like kind of heckling her and being obnoxious. Like she knows the answer, but she's throwing out random clues. <laughs> like just being really obnoxious. And then she's trying to come up with the last word of the clue and the deaf brother, his husband is black played by uh, Brian white. I think his name is. And she just kind of casually points at him. And of course, Amy is quick to call it. And she's like, Oh my gosh, you're totally pointing at him. Like it's obviously not what she consciously meant to do, but she did. And and Amy just makes it a bigger deal than it needs to be. So on both ends, I think yeah. this, is, this is one of those situations where you kind of feel for Meredith, but you also kind of like, Meredith, like, stop. Because she yeah. continues to stop point now. at him. Oh. Amy is like, you're still pointing at him. And Meredith's like, no, I'm not. But you see that she still, in fact, is pointing at him. Um, because the clue, the the answer was the bride wore black. And so yeah. she's pointing at the black husband of the brother. And Amy just makes like a huge kind of deal about it that Meredith gets very upset and insecure and runs off. And so when they kind of pick up the clue and look at it and they see, you know, the pointing yeah. and make sense of it, it, it becomes very awkward. And everyone's like, Amy, like, why did you have to do that? Um so ultimately, just a really embarrassing moment, <laughs> one of many yes. for Meredith, where you kind of feel for her, but you're also like, Meredith, like, stop. And she kind of doesn't know when to just rein it in and kind of handle the situation properly, which Kelly, the dad, Craig T. Nelson, he, he you know, re- is really insightful. Like, he makes a comment saying that he feels like she doesn't quite have confidence in herself or know herself very well or know how to kind of navigate her actions yeah um and and you see that with her a lot like you really feel like she doesn't quite know who she is and so i like that kelly is able to kind of pick up on that right away i I think craig t nelson is definitely the most empathetic yeah yes and and he sees that as uh, you know, just branching off of, well, if Emmett can be with someone and thinks he wants to marry someone who doesn't really know themselves, my fear is that my son, my child doesn't know himself either. Yeah. And so that's where I think a lot of their fear. So it, it we get layers that we, we, we realize that their want to not have Everett marry her comes from more than her just being kind of annoying they really feel like she's this person who doesn't know herself, who doesn't really, um, Ben, uh, Luke Wilson's character, he picks up on the fact that they don't really love each other. They're just kind of together, you know, for just the sake because, of it. because of how it looks and, you know, just because of, you know, circumstances. Don't, don't, don't be together for, for 
for, for the look of it. There's no yes, what's it's point like this that. perfect, it's just like a perfect looking couple, perfect little life kind of situation, but there's really no love there. Ben kind of picks up on that. And Kelly, he mentions that, yeah, I have this fear that, you know, she seems like someone who doesn't really trust herself. And that implements this fear on if my son wants to be with someone like that, then he doesn't really trust or know himself either. So I don't think this is a good idea. Um, so you get a lot of insight and then you see those moments where uh, Meredith really doesn't handle situations well, doesn't navigate things well. Um, she just keeps talking or babbling or mumbling and and not really reading the reactions of people or trying to rein it in or trying to make it right. She just keeps digging kind of deeper. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But, and this, the, I mean, the charades scene does have you know both aspects of feeling sorry and understanding or understanding both sides i should say yeah it, it does have that in it yet there's a scene later on in the movie quite a oh pivotal scene really yeah. in the movie that is just Really so difficult Meredith. to watch yes so at this point now she's feeling super stressed um she ultimately decides the next day, I think, to go stay at the inn because Amy is making her feel really bad about the room um, on top of this whole kind of charade situation. So she decides to leave staying at the family home um, to go stay at the inn. And on top of that, she's called her sister to come stay with her because she just is feeling very yes. alone in the situation. Her sister played by Claire Danes. Um so Claire Danes ultimately comes and we, we're getting pepperings of some interesting things happening. So when Ben, who's kind of the goofy, silly, uh, very chill, relaxed brother, um, when he meets Meredith, he's very nice to her. He's very sweet to her. He even admits a bit of an attraction. Like he compares her to this teacher that they had in school and talks about how he had a crush on this teacher. And he is just very much way more relaxed with her than everyone else and um, tries to be silly with her um, to kind of get her to loosen up a little bit. So it feels like his he's made it his mission to get her to loosen up. And so you see or moments ben, of that. Does Ben just have a type of strict um, teacher figures? I mean, um, in, in In gray in suits. Perhaps, I, I, and, I, and I don't mean to take it this far, Perhaps using some sort of cane, and um, you, we're, we're, you, we're why getting... you say you don't mean to take it this far, but somehow <clears throat> on almost every episode you find a way to take it just a little too far. I just think uh, this is what Ben. No, into. I'm pretty sure it was just an establishment of him saying that he was attracted to Meredith without actually saying it. Because he just says that she reminds him of this teacher and then says he had a crush on that teacher. So it's very much him um, trying what to happens say. happens later on? Oh, I'm just saying. He's trying to say that he, you know, is attracted to his brother's girlfriend without right saying in front of his brother that I'm attracted to your girlfriend. So I think well, yes, that was a just a subtle cue there. Um, she's sitting in the car. I know Ben. <laughs> 
<laughs> what are you into? Okay, we don't need to get into that. Um, no, we don't. We're, 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 not, uh, we're not talking about that. <laughs> Nothing so, like that. Thank you. Um, when she, and I do like that Emmett comes to her defense in this moment because. She's sitting in the car, getting ready for him to take her to the inn. He comes in and, and proceeds to yell at his family for how they've treated her. Um, yes, meanwhile, Ben walks out to the car, brings her some coffee, is just getting kind of silly and weird with her. But you see her be slightly intrigued. Like, he says to her, I had a dream about you. And she's like, huh? And he's like, I had a dream about you. And then she kind of leans out the window a little bit and is like, well, what was I doing in the dream? And then Everett comes out and he can't finish. So this is like the first time you actually see her kind of engaging with one of the family members. And so and re it's like you remember this. Remember this little seed that was planted here. Um, do you think, though, that do you think that Luke Wilson plays a... Obviously, he's good at playing goofy and chilled out in the movie because that's what he's supposed to be doing. But does he play a good romantic figure on top of that or is Dermot Mulroney just naturally that more romantic looking leading man I think I think that goes without saying but does he does he give that energy well I think there was a time where Luke Wilson was kind of that romantic leading man in things um and and so I think that kind of maybe stays with people. And I think he has the type of personality that people are attracted to. He is kind of really relaxed and comfortable with himself and um, is very much wanting to make people feel comfortable. And so the fact that he's the one person who's still trying to do this, despite how everyone else is treating Meredith, despite how the audience feels about Meredith, he's still going out of his way to just try to make her feel comfortable. You commend that. And it, it is kind of attractive. So I, I think it works. Um, okay. So ultimately, um, Everett now is tasked to, he's been trying to follow his mom around to get, her ring so that he can give it to her um meredith to propose but his mother has seen enough that she's just like no i refuse to give it to you she's not the one please don't do this and so it it, it brings some strife between the two of them yeah. so everett later this day is tasked to pick up uh meredith's sister and he decides to go with his brother to pick up, to try to get a ring since the mother will get him to ring because he wants to propose to her on Christmas. Yeah. As he's getting the ring, his brother's telling him, don't do this. She's not the one. Please don't. Like, she's not right for you. So he's already hearing it from several family members that she's just not, she's not it. And so right after his brother's kind of telling him this, they go to pick up meredith's sister and it's claire danes and as soon as he sees her he's just kind of mesmerized it's almost really... like a a high school movie slow-mo shot of her yes it might as well i mean she even falls off the bus but he's still very much like, like really very 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 aggressively falls off the bus yes, as well. like yes that's a broken and... bone Yes, but she kind of locks eyes with him in an interesting way as well. So you're kind of wondering what's happening because they're like teasing this little kind of feeling like spark between Meredith and Ben and then now sparking this thing between uh, Everett and Meredith's sister. So it's very like, I think Julie, Julie is her name. Um, 
Yeah. So you're kind of like, where where is this going to go? This is interesting. Um, so then we get to the dinner that you did mention. Um, they're all sitting down. So everyone is doting over Julie because she fell. Everyone's trying to get her first aid. Everybody's trying to fix her up. Everyone is loving on her. And Meredith is getting a little bit jealous. Well, and I think, well, she is, yes. But and I also think Claire Danes presents herself as way less uptight. uptight way more easygoing, approachable, easy to talk to. Everett's kind of doting on her. So everyone's doting on her and Meredith is feeling very much left out. Um, Which is, you know, you have sympathy for, you understand a feeling yeah. like this. Up until this point, it has definitely been more of, you know, more, more sympathy towards Sarah Jessica Parker that, than, you know, feeling like she is in the wrong. Yeah. And yes, she still does some things that you feel that like, are oh, annoying. you know, you could have got, you and... could have not done that and it would yeah. have ended up better. And but you're starting, mostly, yeah. I think it is mostly that kind of sympathy yes. you do but you're you're also getting the sense that you're agreeing with the family and the fact that i don't know that her and everett really fit together no yeah so you're kind of agreeing with the family on that aspect that beyond kind of being annoyed with her personally on a personal level you're just seeing that something with her and everett is not quite clicking um so then we go into this dinner that you mentioned uh this very awkward dinner so um, they're all having dinner and the, um, deaf brother and his husband are talking about how they plan to adopt. So Julie asks them, do you have a preference on the race of the baby? And Meredith is like, Julie, like thinking that that's like a rude question to ask. And they're like, no, no one else is thinking that, <laughs> like, but for yeah. some reason, Meredith feels like she has to like warn Julie from asking this question, but no, it's a very simple question. And they tell her, no, like we we're just happy that we're getting to adopt a baby at all. Um, and we're, they're just really excited. And so Julie's like really receptive. And so just another, you know, gold star for Julie and just people really warming to her. So then Meredith starts talking about, the nature versus nurture conversation yes. about do you have you thought about that do you think that's an issue bringing a baby into your home and the family tries to give her several breaks by making a joke out of it and you know sybil makes a joke about well you know look look at my drapes uh you know I, they're terrible so uh, definitely the environment is not what made my son gay <laughs> because, yeah. you know, I obviously have no decorating skills and just kind of making a joke out of all of that. And uh, Meredith starts bringing up like genetics and things like that and a gene that's been isolated and all this stuff. And they're just still trying to make a joke of it that, you know, Sybil wanted all of her children to be gay. Uh, you know, she prayed for her boys to be gay and she was so sad when it didn't happen. And they're all having fun with this conversation, this silliness about. Oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. And Meredith is like, you really didn't really wish for that, did you? And everyone kind of pauses, like, who would wish for their child to be gay? And 
she just keeps pushing it and pushing it and saying more about, um, you know, why would you want your child to have a harder life than, you know, they already do by uh, wanting that for them? Who would wish that on them? And she keeps saying stuff like that to where Kelly, who's been the most trying with her, like trying to be uh, kind to her and patient with her, says that's enough. And she keeps pushing it. But who would want that for their kids? And he, yeah, so then he ends up slamming the table and shouting at her, that's enough. And she keeps like going to the point where yeah. Sybil has to like tell her to stop. And then he, Meredith runs away again. Yes, it's, 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 it's very but, she also She also loses Everett at some point too. Because she keeps saying, well, uh, you know, you're not understanding what I'm trying to say. And Everett kind of looks at her and he's like, well, why didn't you actually get to the point of what you're trying to say? Like he gets kind of stern with her because she's yeah. just keeps saying, she keeps saying that she's being misunderstood and no one's understanding her and keeps trying to explain this awful point. Um, well, for being, for being someone that is clearly this, you know, Meredith, Meredith comes across as, has come across before this scene in the movie as somebody who does say what she means, somebody who does say what's on her mind, who is not afraid to be direct. Yet here we have her really beating around the bush, yeah. really going in circles, really being very roundabout about what she's trying to say. Because... I think after she says the first bit of it, where nature versus nurture is brought up, she might realize then that this is probably not what they want to hear, but she can't stop herself. Yeah. Continuing it and continuing it and trying to. To make her point. <laughs> trying to make a point, I guess, but. She never even makes a point. No. Really? No. All she ever does is cause Ty Giordano to really get very upset because he can lit read what's going on. She's yeah. the only one speaking. He's he's there. And it's horrible to watch because Fundamentally, without actually making the point, she is saying, why would you ever want anyone to be gay? How horrible. Yeah. Yes. Which is just deeply uncomfortable to, to be sat in this scene. Yes. And she even goes as, Yes. She goes as far as to say, wouldn't anybody want a normal child? And she that's does, what, yes. That's what sets Sybil off to shout at her. And so then she ultimately runs away. Um, Emmett kind of goes out. Emmett Everett <laughs> goes after her, and she slams the door in his face and like says thanks a lot, like because he didn't stand up for her. But there's definitely no standing up for her in that type. Of no, there isn't. There's no. nothing, nothing at all. And it's a really nice little moment then between Diane Keaton and um, and Ty Giordano, who really tearfully kind of just says you know how much she loves him and how much she 
changing for the world and all this yeah she tells him you're more normal than any asshole sitting at this table yeah and and he gives a little smile like so you know we get a great moment of her with each one of her kids throughout the movie which i think is really special especially with what we learn which which very much reminded you of another holiday film that we covered it did it did now the the side plot with diane keaton occasionally before this in the movie we've had scenes of her just kind of sitting staring at things on her own seemingly kind of blanked out from the rest of the house what's going on maybe she's kind of playing with a little christmas ornament in her hand or something like that or just looking out the window um there's also a little scene of elizabeth Risa going up to diane keaton's bedroom when she's just there lying down resting yeah and going getting in the bed with her lying around her and then she asks who else knows and we don't get anything more we don't really get anything more we've got no idea what even that means yeah we do end up Um, getting a scene later with ben and his dad with ben and kelly and they're like smoking cigars and um he picked up on it ben did as well so he's yeah. like, how how long have you known? He says to his dad. And he says, oh, you know, we knew for a couple weeks. Because I think she had already had cancer before or whatever it is and had fought it. And because they talk about it like it's back, kind of, is yeah. how they talk about it. Well, I was building up the reveal there, Janine. But now you've just I'm come sorry. out with it. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um... But yes, we do learn that she is in fact dying. So um, Ben and and both Elizabeth Reeser's characters have have picked up on this, and so we do get a nice moment with Ben and and his dad, and he tells him, you know, how long have you known? And he tells him that yeah, we've known for a couple weeks, and basically that there's nothing really that can be done at this point. So we see Ben, who's been pretty chill and silly and goofy most of the time, actually kind of break down and, and have yeah. a terrible moment with his dad. So I love that we get this emotional moment with him so that he's not kind of being this jokester all the time and um, really giving this impending kind of situation um, uh, some really heartfelt beats for, for us as an audience. Um and, yeah, and we so, certainly feel that weight with with Dermot Mulroney as well. When... Yes, because he, but he has all this tension with the mother. So then you're like feeling yeah. bad that he's being so cold to her over the ring situation, not realizing w- what's going on with her. Um, so I do like the scene that after Ben learns the truth, he just comes in and he gives her a hug and he like won't let her go. And he's like, I love you, mom. I love you. I love you. And then she slowly realizes that, oh, he knows too. Yeah. Um, and, and and then, you know, when Amy comes in, she has to kind of like act like, oh, uh, nothing. Nothing, nothing's um, happening. <laughs> yes. Um, because she was kind of trying to wait to tell everybody until, you know, after Christmas was the plan. Um, so yeah, we do have this emotional somebody's dying plot point kind of lingering on the side. Yeah, that that doesn't. I mean, does it come out of nowhere 
No, because we have had those little uh, imparted scenes of Diane Keaton being on her own, looking a little bit vacant, like I've yeah. spoke about. But it, it is, the the entire movie changes tone after this yeah. really comes out um, from being a rom-com that might end up being two people switching each other's partners kind yeah. of situation. Yeah. Um, thing. But then we just, we, we, we're dealt this hammer blow of, oh, the matriarch's dying. Yeah. Which just reminded me immediately of the best man holiday. <laughs> yeah. When they all come together. And it's, it's all fun, very nice. Comedy, and we're all, we're all getting times. getting getting back together, having a sing, having a song and dance, playing stupid games, having nice banter with each other. Um, it's all Christmas. We're 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 forgiving certain people for what may or may not have happened during the first yeah. Best Man movie. We're starting to, you know, become close again after all this time, and then. Bang, Monica Calhoun's dying. Yeah. <laughs> so sad. Which yes. which which just took a... that movie. Yes. The that... momentum that was happening, kind of just a big gut punch right in the in the middle there. Yeah. A big gut punch that I, I, I always remember feeling watching the best man holiday that it almost spoils that movie. Because I'm kind of I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm really, really enjoying it. And then it just gets miserable. <laughs> and I mean really miserable for like 20 minutes at the end. Yeah. I think the family stone does it in a, a, a less kind of miser in a less miserable way, in a less kind of deeply intense way. I don't know if this is just the, the nature of something like the best man that it has to be heavily melodramatic yeah because i suppose it does but there's no comedy after we learn the 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 truth with monica calhoun in that movie it is yeah. all at that point Real very emotional yeah very serious Morris Chestnut's praying all the time. It, it, get, it just gets really serious. <laughs> yes, yes. But this film manages to keep uh, the the balance of of co comedy going even after this revelation. Uh, so it after does. this, really I appreciated this yes. a little bit more than I think I appreciated the hammer blow in, in or the similar hammer blow in that movie. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, after this horrible dinner. Uh, Meredith runs outside to the car. She's trying to drive somewhere, but she backs into a tree and then she crashes into something else and everyone inside can just hear her banging around in the car outside. So Julie's going to go check on her, but then Ben's like, no, no, let me go. So Ben goes out there. He sees her. He, he's trying to kind of be silly with her, you know, like acting like a cop pulling her over or something. <laughs> and he's like... Uh, and then she just bursts into tears. So he has yeah. her scoot over, get out of the driver's seat, and he takes her somewhere. And the two of them end up kind of going to this local bar. Um, and 
So then Julie and Everett decide to go looking for them. And as they're looking for them, they check at the inn. They are walking around downtown. Uh, Julie is telling this story about this artist who, um, you know, made his life's work, you know, and this made this passionate piece of art. And, and he's just so enthralled by what she's talking about and so intrigued and interested by her. And so we're seeing this whole kind of light up in Everett and these sparks happening between these two characters, which is just, wait, wait, what's happening? Meanwhile, on the opposite end, his brother and her sister are you know yucking it up at the bar and he is really loosening her up he's really loosening up meredith he's making her laugh he's telling her how uptight she is and trying to get her to relax and they're having drinks and dancing and having a good time and she even gets to have a little fun messing with amy because earlier in the film sybil got a letter from this guy's mom and she's like hey amy i uh, got a letter from so-and-so's mom and he happened to be the guy who uh popped amy's cherry as they say and so sybil yeah, is saying all phrase, of this yes. i've always I, yeah. i've always really enjoyed that phrase it's one yeah. of my <laughs> so sybil is saying all of this in front of meredith completely embarrassing amy um, she's like, you know, he's still in town. I think he's still, you know, is holding a torch for you. And Amy's like, mom, stop, like, stop. Like, no, I'm not interested. And like, you know, just totally against it. So while they're at the bar, that guy walks in. He's like a paramedic and he's walking in with his coworker. And they come and say hi to Ben. And then she realizes who it is. And she starts talking to him about Amy, invites him to come over to Christmas breakfast yeah. Uh, and it's just having a good laugh, like, you know, inviting him and doing all of the stuff to mess with Amy. She asks him to dance with her and she's having a great time. She's dancing. She's getting drunk. She's asking about where can we smoke some pot? And so Meredith is really loosening up and, and having a, a great time with, with Ben after the terrible dinner situation. Meanwhile, Everett is having this lovely night with julie having great conversation with her to the point where you know they kind of have done are done with their search he takes her back to the inn and he's like trying to spend more time with her hey let's just have a coffee or something and julie you can tell that she wants to but obviously because of what the situation is she says she can't and so it, it doesn't go any further than that but then ben and <laughs> meredith like end up kind of snuggling in the car and he yeah. ends up telling her about the dream he had about her and all of this. Cut to Christmas morning now. <laughs> Meredith wakes up with her clothes off in Ben's bed. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so she doesn't know how she got there. She's assuming that they slept together. Kelly is walking around trying to find Ben. He knocks on his door. He opens the door and he sees Meredith in Ben's bed. And he's like, oh, uh, uh, I was just looking for Ben. <laughs> like, and sorry, know what to sorry, do. sorry. Yes, yes. So it's a whole situation where now Meredith, without really talking to Ben, is just assuming that she slept with Ben. And it's a whole chaotic situation. Yes, <laughs> on Christmas morning. On Christmas Yay. morning. So I, we get all of these layers of things happening. So then Julie comes back to the to the house for Christmas morning. Um, and, uh, Sybil, she ends up 
saying, you know, even if I don't agree with your choice, here's the ring. Do with it what you want. She gives him the ring. He decides to have Julie try it on. And Julie's like, no, no, don't put it on. Don't stop. But Everett puts it on Julie's finger and now the ring won't come off. And Julie actually looks at it and she like likes it. She's like, it is a beautiful (laughs) ring kind of thing. There is there is a five second little moment Moment. where the movie stops and just goes, ooh, twinkle, twinkle. Yes. (laughs) So she kind of runs off because she can't get it off. Um, Meredith gets dressed, slaps Ben in the face, runs downstairs. She runs into Everett and he's like, where have you been? She's like, oh, um, I I just got here (laughs) kind of thing. Yes. Um, and then she sees that everyone's kind of rallied around the bathroom, worried about Julie. Julie lets her in. She tells Julie, look, or she shows, Julie shows Meredith that she has the ring stuck on her finger, tells her that's her engagement ring. And then we have Meredith look at the ring and she's like, that's it. So it's telling us everything we need to know. Julie's actually pausing and looking at the ring like it's beautiful. Meanwhile, Meredith is looking at the ring like that's it. So and again, (laughs) again with Meredith, we've seen her go from scene where she comes across as absolutely horrible to scenes where she comes across as getting, you know, she's okay, she's opening up, she's sympathetic. To another scene where she comes across (laughs) as absolutely horrible. Yes, and 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 she's looking at this ring and getting upset with Julie for having the ring on, all while she. She doesn't she even like with, the ring. Yeah, and, and all while she thinks she slept with Everett's brother. So yeah. It's a whole situation. So all of this chaos is happening. And then Amy's like, what is going on? And then the doorbell rings. She answers the door. It's the paramedic. And she's like, what is he doing here? So it just it adds to like the building chaos of, of this situation. So and this then Kelly walks in. Christmas morning. Kelly walks in and he's like, I need to talk to you because he wants to lecture Ben for like, what did you do, Ben? And it's a whole thing. Um, so then it's very chaotic. Meredith finally just says, Hey, I'm going to give everybody their Christmas presents and, and just kind of yeah. calm things down. So she gives everybody a Christmas present and they open it. And it's this beautiful photograph of, uh Sybil pregnant and she's like I saw the original photo in Everett's office and I thought it was beautiful so I made a print for everybody and so obviously with what everyone's kind of feeling and knowing and the situation um which also I think she just told when she gave him the ring I think didn't she tell Everett as well yes when Diane Keaton gave Dermot Mulroney the ring that is when he's made aware It's a lovely, lovely scene between the two of them. But this Christmas present is, again, the the tennis ball being smacked back over (laughs) to the other side of the court where Meredith now looks really nice again. Yes. Without even knowing exactly how nice of a present this is. Yes. Because she has no idea that Diane Keaton's dying. Yeah. And so the fact that she did this lovely picture of Diane Keaton for all of her kids and them and everybody, it's like this really big emotional thing. And, and everybody's you know, crying and everybody's Yeah, and Sybil tells her, you know, you did good and all of this. And then Ever- Everett says he needs to talk to her. 
and she is like freaking out. She won't let him like say what he wants to say. So she just blurts out, no, Everett, I won't marry you. And he's like, I wasn't going to ask you to marry me. And she's like, you weren't. And then she looks at Julie and Julie like hides the ring on her hand. And um, then she like admits to sleeping with Ben and Ben's like, we didn't sleep together. And then her reaction is so hilarious. So she's already like hurt that Everett wasn't going to ask her to marry him. And then she said, you know, then she kind of goes off on this rant and she's like, I know how you all see me. You see me as this ridiculous person and you all hate me. And, you know, and, um, and I must be this awful person because I slept with your brother. And so then Ben is like, we didn't sleep together. Like I just, you know, slept on the floor and she's like, does nobody love me? <laughs> she can, Everett doesn't want to marry her. Ben didn't want to sleep with her. So she's feeling completely unloved. So her reaction is just very comical. The fact that like, it is, she's upset that neither of these brothers seemingly want her and she runs off. Again. Um, yes. And so then in hearing this whole kind of conversation about, is Ben potentially sleeping with Meredith? Then a whole fight ensues, a chase and fight <laughs> ensue between Ben and uh, and Everett, which which is a lot of fun. Um, and of course, your quintessential chase Christmas music. <laughs> yes, plays. I don't know what this piece of music is called, but you know it harkens back to Home Alone chase scenes and things like that. And you know the yeah. scene when all the families trying to get to the airport. That piece of music, I believe, is what plays <laughs> during this fight sequence. Um, Good Christmas soundtrack. Good Christmas yes. soundtrack to the Family yes. Stone as well. I must yes. say. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a very very chaotic Christmas yes. day. Which it continues, they're chasing each other. After Meredith runs to the kitchen, she starts to prepare the breakfast that she had set up, like this family tradition, this strata. It's like this egg with pastry on top. And it's like, so she has like these two big glass pans full of just egg, raw egg. And so she's getting them out of the fridge so she can make the breakfast, wiping the tears from her eyes. She's holding both of them. Uh, here walk in the kitchen Sybil and Amy they push the door as uh, Meredith is right there and she drops the strata and gets egg all over herself and then everyone's slipping in the egg falling down and it's like this whole mess and then here running the two men slap fighting each other over yes. the situation um, and it's and you know they break the table and all the food goes sliding off the table and it's like this whole chaotic situation um and and then we just see uh the paramedic guy like go out to his his his, his paramedic truck and get, and get his get his medical bag for all the chaos that's been happening um i would just like to point out if 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 there was any sort of level of chaos on christmas morning that resulted in the food being ultimately destroyed i would be very upset yeah i think that would be the most upsetting thing yeah because now, you put all this time and work into things and yeah. You know. christmas morning can can often be chaotic christmas morning can sometimes be horrible not horrible but i mean like people can ruin christmas yeah you know like 
like the time um one year I'm, I'm calling people out now. i'm gonna call people out no. <laughs> i'm feeling evil um well during the 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 pandemic one time my 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 brother had, had, had gone out reasonably illegally on christmas eve <laughs> and 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 all uh, the day before christmas and may or may not have had covid on christmas so couldn't join us at my auntie's for christmas day couldn't do that so it's a he ruined christmas um, when we still tell him he ruined christmas um, <laughs> that was funny <laughs> Um, it sounds very much like my, the family stone. <laughs> when when my dad was younger, he'd gone out on one Christmas Eve, and uh, and and woke up obviously in a in a horrible state, hungover on Christmas morning. Received what my nan always says is it was a lovely knitted jumper sweater for for Christmas. Um, which she didn't take kindly to at all and was horrible to her. Oh, that she no. made me this jumper. <laughs> it's very I much told like her a... it was told her it was awful and went back upstairs and ruined Christmas. Oh my gosh, that sounds like a Ron Weasley moment. Happy Christmas, Ron. Ruined. What are you wearing? Oh, sweater my mom Ruined Christmas. <laughs> Don't oh, ruin terrible. Christmas, and especially don't ruin Christmas by destroying the food. I've yes. called people out there. I apologize for that, but you know. <laughs> I think we're both calling out our families here. That's why it's, it's perfect well, that's episode to do that. It, it is. is. If, it if is. we do that on any, on any episode, it's got to be this one. Um. So yeah, it's fine. You won't listen. Yes. Right. Because <laughs> our families <laughs> care about it so much, they don't even listen to our show. Um. <laughs> uh. So. Yeah, the chaos kind of starts to die out, die down. Julie ultimately um, decides to leave. Everett goes after her to try to get her to stay. Um, and then we see Meredith have this like little moment with Ben. She goes to him and they kind of look at each other. Ben, he's, he's a little beat up and has cuts from his little fight with Everett. She has some bruises from her falling down and all the chaos in the kitchen. And so they kind of look at each other and look at each other's wounds and say, we're quite a pair kind of thing. Um, and then he kind of tells her she smells like puke because she's covered, still covered in all the egg mess. Um, so she ultimately kind of gets cleaned up and they just have this little moment where they're like, cuddling and you know um and there's like she starts just kind of quietly singing joy to the world um and it's 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 oddly sweet there is a really good the the movie's very very good at pretty quickly going from nonsense comedy sweet heavy emotion real melodrama back to stupidness it's yeah. really good at it's bouncing really good at bouncing ball. around. Yeah, because then we get another moment where uh, Elizabeth Reeser's husband finally comes at, into town. He's like, "Okay, fill me in. Who is the guy that Amy's making out with in the ambulance out there?" <laughs> so we see yeah. that she has since decided to like you know seal the deal with her cherry popper. Um, <laughs> A lovely phrase again. Yes, thank you for that. Yeah. Um so ultimately um everything kind of dies down. Everything kind of settles in. Um 
And I think that's kind of where we end things. Emmett, oh, why do I keep wanting to call him Emmett? <laughs> Everett. Um, he, is it, do you like the name Emmett? I guess so. I don't know. Is, is it Elizabeth Reeser? She's she's uh, uh, in Twilight. So I don't know when you're thinking of Twilight. I and, see. And, and Emmett in Twilight. Um, since she's Esme. Um, uh, but yeah, he ultimately kind of makes things right with Julie and you know they kind of seal their little thing that's been happening between the two of them um and then we cut to next Christmas yes um which is nice and and softly emotional I enjoy this because Diane Keaton's no longer there yeah yet it's not really you know, drawn obvious attention to. They still, you know, they're all getting together. It's the same house. There's the same cheerful Christmas greetings, the same attitudes towards each other. Nobody's feeling down. Nobody's feeling miserable. They've had, you know, the best part. We we assume the best part of a year to 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 grieve. Um and it's it's nice to see that the family stone has continued on in, in, in the way Diane Keaton would have wanted them to. Yeah. She wouldn't have wanted it to now become miserable every Christmas just because, oh, let's remember that one Christmas where I revealed I was dying. Yeah, no. no, everything kind of moves on and, you know, she's still there. Um, you know, her granddaughter, like, lovingly has her ornament and um, Amy gets to be the one who puts it on the tree, which I when uh, a, a really sweet moment when um, um, Meredith gave them the picture of Diane Keaton, um, she tells her that the one she was actually pregnant with in the picture was Amy. So she's like, that's yeah. you and me, kid. And like Amy, like, you know, has a little, you know, little moment between the two of them. Like I said, great little moments with all of her kids throughout the movie. So yeah, the next year Amy takes the a beat to put her mother's ornament on the tree. And she's there with Brad as they're a couple now. Yeah. And you know, he's asking her if she's okay. Um we see Thad and his husband. They're there with their now adopted baby. And, you know, having a little moment with Grandpa Kelly. Um, and then we see the little couple swap. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Meredith is there with Ben. And then here comes in uh, Julie and Everett. And, you know, they're like, they're here. And so the family is all together. And then we kind of close out as on a zoom in of that beautiful photograph of Diane Keaton. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really sweet flash forward to end the movie with i think and obviously rounds everything out very very yeah. nicely to think that we just have this strange couple swap almost couple swap <laughs> yeah they played the it pretty well like it doesn't play incredibly as weird as you think it would. no it doesn't play weird because they do enough just... from the very beginning to to show you that Everett and Meredith aren't incredibly compatible and that there's kind of an instant attraction between Meredith and Ben and Everett and Julie. So yeah, it's, it's a really good balancing act of a movie. 
I I I like it for that. I find it very interesting in that reverse meet the parents manner. And I think it's a great kind of family get together and watch this at Christmas time sort of movie. Yeah. Because it, it has everything you would want in there. I don't necessarily think it's, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of many other Christmas movies or anything like that, but it's a really solid holiday movie. Yeah. That does everything it wants to and everything it should do with a great ensemble cast. I mean, one of the most naturalistic family units I think I can remember seeing. Yeah. To be honest with you, they don't always feel like a true family. And obviously none of them look like each other or anything like that. Yeah. None of them look remotely you, like each and other. And you don't really care. Like, it just no. works. <laughs> it's not about that. It is all, all about the dynamic and the chemistry. Yeah. And it's it's very, very... Good it's, with that. Yeah. It's a wonderful movie to... Yeah, for... for for that particular aspect, I'm not. I'm not sure necessarily how often I would go and back and revisit. Yeah, like yeah, it's very much one because it's. I'm telling you, like I go quite a long while in between watches of this film and always kind of forget. Was it as balanced as I thought, or will I hate watch this because Meredith is so terrible? Will I hate watch this because the family is so terrible? I never remember. If in fact it is kind of a balanced, and then yeah. kind of in this in this rewatch, I realize yes, this movie is very kind of well balanced. You have moments of sympathizing with Meredith, but you also have moments of kind of sympathizing with the family and agreeing with you know their annoyance with her, and they they pepper that uh, back and forth really well. Um, so it just it, it just ends as every good Christmas movie should with warmth. Yeah bittersweet to an extent but ultimately warmth because nobody's sad they're just pleasantly remembering you know it, it's it's happy memories yeah and celebratory memories not this misery of yeah. the the sadness of last year which was mum's last christmas you know yeah it's not like that so it's really, it's really, it's really nice. It leaves you very, uh, leaves you very fulfilled. Yeah. She's good. Applause for the family stone, Janine. Yay. Not sly in the family stone. No, no sly, sly in the family stone to be, to be, uh, to be seen in the movie at all, which I think is a shame, really. But I think we do have, uh, we do have one other movie to go in, uh, this series one other movie yeah. two other movies i forget what one. week it is one one, one other more movie mm -hmm. in this uh series of, of holiday movies what's coming next week it will be after christmas right yes yes um we're going to be talking the family man with nicholas cage and Taylor leone uh a man kind of getting a look at what his life would have been like had he made a different choice. So not wholly it's a wonderful life, but you know, that kind of what would life be like, you know, 
what if, if, it were, if scenario. I was and that kind yes. of stuff. Yes. Okay. If I if I had married the woman I loved and became like a suburban dad rather than this kind of cold Scroogeish businessman kind of thing. Okay, it's good. It's um, nice. I, I, I enjoy that concept in anything. It can yeah. often make for good uh, sci-fi concepts. Yeah. yeah. Although I don't think this will have anything to do with sci-fi no this is a movie i haven't seen too many times so i don't quite remember the element in which this happens if it's just kind of an imaginary thing or if it's a magical thing or i don't remember but okay. um yeah um i think this will be a, a nice post christmas still hitting those vibes but not you know all about christmas um like something like this so uh yeah i'm excited to revisit this film and, and see what you think about it if you're getting any kind of you know it's a wonderful life vibes modern well, I would hope kind so. of vibes from this so yeah. I, 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 would, I would certainly hope so that week between christmas and new year as we all know is is the weird week where nothing happens but everything happens nobody knows what day it is and you're just watching <laughs> yeah. movies and eating chocolate and doing that sort of stuff yeah that's all anybody really does. Although, I think I'll be at work. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> Enough about that. Enough about that. Yay. Yeah. Good episode. I enjoyed this movie today. Janine, The Family Man, coming next week after Christmas on Morgan Hasn't Seen. This is not the only show we have on this podcast feed it's a wonderful podcast itself the main show every friday celebrating old movies all holiday season based over there as well we do have an episode this friday which will be the 22nd if i've got my dates right which will be our closest show to christmas day <laughs> um although we've got a watch along of course, as well, yeah. on the It's a Wonderful Podcast YouTube channel on Saturday the 23rd. So keep an eye out for that. We'll be watching Gremlins with yeah. my dad, who's joining us again for Christmas watch along, as he likes to do and has done for a good few years now. Yeah, it's our little tradition. Um, yeah, so this this Saturday, if I again, if I've got my weeks yes. right, I apologise for that. This Saturday, December twenty third, on the It's Wonderful podcast YouTube channel. Subscribe, ding your notification bell over there for all the good stuff we do have over there, and of course for our Gremlins watch along this weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. But Morgan hasn't seen an It's a Wonderful Podcast, the main show, Wednesdays and Fridays on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed. Subscribe wherever you are listening to this. Answer those little questions on Spotify if you're there. Leave your rates and reviews if you're anywhere else. And if you're on Spotify as well. And uh, if you want to join us on Patreon or support us in that way, donate in any way, there are links in the description to go and do that. We would love you forever. Or you can just follow us on social media, on Twitter, at It's a Wonderful One on Twitter. I said that twice then, didn't I? <laughs> I am on Twitter, at the Purple Dom, with a three instead of the E and the because, Janine. Three is the magic number. 
are on Instagram, TikTok, and Threads at the Purple Dom. All your stony stuff is where you could find me at Janine Debean underscore on Twitter. Janine Janine Debean on Instagram, TikTok, and Threads. If you want to get any merch for any of our shows, just check the description for the link or search It's Wonderful Podcast on Teespring.com. And if you want to purchase any of my art and print form, you can find that at my big cartel shop, G9Design.bigcartel.com. Well, there's no impression, really, is there? But, you know, Luke Wilson's got a brother who does, who people do a good impression of. So, you know, Owen Wilson. People, people, not me, but I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm not good. It's not easy. I can't. No. Three, two, one. Wow. Ka-ching! <laughs> Bye! Bye!